0: Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, welcome to the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine, Massachusetts. We do appreciate you watching, tuning in, wherever you may be. Some of you already know that uh, I'm preaching through the book of 2nd Timothy. And today we've got to chapter 3, which we'll read shortly. The title of this message is We Are Living in the Last Days. We are living in the last days. Do you know what the next major event that God has planned for his church do you know what the next major event that God has planned for his church? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. In the meantime, I'll get Rick to read this
1: whole chapter. This morning, we'll be reading the entire chapter of, third chapter of 2 Timothy. If you're using the Pew Bibles, you see that that starts on page 1854. But mark this. lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, having nothing to do with them. Have nothing to do with them. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak-willed women, who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these men oppose the truth, men of depraved minds who, as far as faith is concerned, are rejected, but they will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures. Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the Son of God may be thoroughly equipped, excuse me, so the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word to our hearts this morning.
0: Thanks, Rick. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful to be here. We ask you to give us understanding of the things that we will hear. And uh, may our ears be open, may we not be distracted. And may we learn something new this morning and be open-minded to be taught by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. The next major event that God has planned for his church, but before that happens, what we tend to forget, or we don't know, or even believe, that we are living in the last days. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, it says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets in many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. These last days. The last days that we're living in is between Jesus' first coming, his first advent, And his future second coming. So obviously we're living in the last days because Jesus hasn't come back yet, has he? No. So obviously we're living in the last days. These last days there will be attacks on the true church from without and from also within. So we need to be aware. We need to take heed. Paul warns in Acts chapter 20, 29 through 30, he says, be on your guard, guard for yourselves and for all the flock that the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And I know that after my departure, Savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and men will rise up from your own number with deviant doctrines to lure the disciples into following them. It says from within the church, not just from without. The flock is obviously referring to the, the body of Christ, true born again believers and as overseers or pastors we are to warn the flock and to shepherd the flock to be aware of these wolves that come in sheep's clothing the apostle John he also writes to confirm that children it is the last hour and as you have heard that the antichrist is coming so now many antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that is the last hour. 1 John 2, verse 18. We cannot say how long these last days will continue, but it's certain uh, the next event in God's timetable will be the evacuation of the church, otherwise known as the rapture of the church, out of this world, just like he took out Enoch, or Enoch, as we say where I'm from, Enoch, and also Elijah, they were both taken out. We too, the church will be taken out. That precedes the seven-year tribulation period when God pours out his judgment on this earth before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom. And uh, if you're interested, you could follow when we went and studied through the whole book of Revelation that's referring to those times that will take place prior to Jesus' return when he sets up his kingdom, his millennial kingdom on earth. There'll be a seven year tribulation. Prior to that, there'll be the rapture of the church where we'll be taken out. The church will not go through the seven year tribulation period when God pours out his wrath on this earth, on unbelievers that are left behind. The last days, Paul teaches that people will be, that's what he says, lovers of themselves. Love of self is the opposite of the love for God. The self-esteem, Self-worth, self-fulfillment and the self-positive image, attitude will creep even into the church. And Paul identifies some people in the last days as also as not lovers of good. Uh, those who know the difference between good and evil, and yet they choose to ignore what they know to be true. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah said in chapter 5, verse 20. Woe. He's not talking about a horse here, I don't think. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. In the last days, churches will be led, and it's already happened, it's already taken place, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. The churches, so-called, will be led by religious fakes, wolves in sheep's clothing, masquerading as Christians, but they don't believe the Bible is the word of God. So, what should our response be to false teachers? The Bible is clear in verse 5. What does it say? Having a form of godliness and denying, but denying its power. Have nothing to do with them. Have nothing to do with them. I don't think we can get plainer than that. That's how you should have the attitude towards a heretic who teaches false doctrine, who doesn't believe that the word of God, the Bible, is the word of God. And this is happening now. He said, have nothing to do with these people. Don't associate with them, even. So, how can we tell if a man is a false prophet or he teaches the truth? How can we tell? Well, we need to listen carefully to what he preaches and teaches. What specific doctrines does he teach? Does he believe that the Bible is the word of God? And if he doesn't, then he's a false prophet. Amen? They don't believe the Bible is inspired By the Holy Spirit, but it says all Scripture is God breathed. All Scripture is God breathed, or inspired by God. It's useful for teaching, rebuking—that's the bit we don't like—correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So if the individual's doctrinal position fails to match with the word of God, nothing else he says is worth listening to. And we're told to avoid them. Now if he belittles doctrinal teaching, like the heretics do, then just run as fast as you can to get away from him. Because it's obvious that such an individual does not honourably represent God and his teaching is false. Now, the apostle here, he describes a favourite tactic of false teachers in verse, verses 6 and 7. These are the kind that worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women. And I'm I'm sure I'm going to be accused of being a a sexist or something. What is it? Anyway, I'm I'm against women. No, I'm not. I love women. In fact, I even married one. So this is what the word says. I'm just quoting what he says, okay. I've, I've been accused of being a sexist. Can you believe that? They are kind of worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth so certain gullible women they are weak in faith and in virtue uh, they feel the heavy weight of their sins and they're conscious of the guilt that it brings and they lack discernment and are defenceless against the false teachers because they're ignorant of the scriptures. They're gullible. So this is what's going to take place. They're going to go after these heretical teachers and you know, loaded down with the sins, but never come into the knowledge of the truth. Always learning, but never truly come into the knowledge of the truth and be saved. You know, there's no reason why people should be ignorant of the Scriptures. Paul writes uh, that God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's 1 Timothy chapter 2. Verse 4, I said he desires all people to be saved. That's God's desire. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Because So that's not going to happen, but God desires that to happen. And come to the knowledge of the truth. Having a knowledge of the truth means having an understanding, a comprehension discernment to be able to believe the word of God. And the only way you can believe the word of God is by receiving the spirit of God because it's spiritually discerned. Amen? Jesus prayed for his own. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. John seventeen twenty six. Those that take notes. Jesus warned many times about the last days the coming last days he says false christs this is in matthew 24:24 24, 24, false christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray if possible even the elect Another prophecy concerning the future one world dictator called the Antichrist in the last days over in Thessalonians, 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. I'll read it. Let's go from verse 7 For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one, this is referring to the Antichrist, will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one, it's not happened yet, but it will. The lawless one is referring to the Antichrist, who will head up a one world government The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Let me finish it. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in it. So these are future events that will take place and has not happened yet, obviously. The the Antichrist has not been revealed. But these events will take place because they've been predicted to happen. And they will. So, dark days are coming. Not that we need to be reminded, but they are. And in the meantime, the church is able and also we're obligated to sow the good seeds of the gospel. Each one of you that are Christian, you have a testimony that how you come to faith in Jesus Christ. So we can share that testimony and it's unique to each and every one of us and it cannot be denied. Amen? We have an obligation to sow the good seed of the gospel to anyone who is willing to listen. If they're not willing to listen, that's their choice. You know, you don't cast your pearls before swine, Jesus says. You know, that would be fruitless. But those who are willing those that are willing to listen, then we can share our gospel, our faith in Christ and what difference he's made in our lives. Amen? The church today, and it's already started, is going to experience heresy, a false gospel. That's what heresy is, a false gospel. Apostasy, which is the turning away from the truth, it's either true or it's false, right? False, the promotion of self-will. And it's already happened and it's obviously in the last 50 years and getting more and more the moral tolerance of decadence. Moral tolerance of decadence. I was walking down the, uh, the cemetery I got a captive audience down there. And I go for my daily constitutional. And there was a couple of ladies walking there and uh, she said, where's your dog? I said, oh, it died. I said, oh, it's another story. So uh, this lady used to be in, in the Roman Catholic Church. And she was asking all kinds of questions because she knows I'm the pastor. and. Uh, She says, "Uh, what do you think about gay marriage? And I said, it's not what I think about gay marriage. It's what the Bible says about gay marriage. You know, it's not my opinion that counts, what the Bible says. I said, you've heard about the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. She says, oh, yeah, I know about that story. And I said, also in the New Testament, in the book of Romans, also Corinthians. I said, it's not what I think. It's what the Bible says, It's most important truth. All right. Refer them to the Bible, the Word of God. Don't give your opinions, because everybody's got one of those, right? Or more than one. We all know that from experience. So the tolerance of moral decadence. Yeah, I've got to love everybody. Yes, we do. We do love them. So does God. All right? But there is judgment. You know, just like a cancer grows that's unchecked and can destroy the body, so false teachers will try to destroy the evangelical, Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church. And evil will multiply. So don't be surprised. Evil will multiply. And over in verses 10, 11, Paul gives his testimony, which we've already heard and read. But, you know, this is very practical. He said in verse 12, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You know, we may not be persecuted like some of them are in the third world. But... You know, we're going to face a lot of opposition because we believe the truth and people don't want to hear the truth. If they did, they wouldn't have crucified Jesus, would they? Who is the truth? Standing right there in front of Pontius Pilate, he said, what is truth? And he had the truth standing right there in front of him, but he still didn't believe While evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So be careful who you listen to. They set themselves up as Christians and then there'd be hundreds of thousands of people in their auditorium, but they don't preach the true gospel. They're false teachers. Well... You know, people are already getting beat up every week and I don't want to offend any more. I don't want to offend any more people. They get beat up every week. I just want to get their money. What are we to do? We need to stand firm, not compromise what we believe to be the truth, what we, what we know to be right and true, regardless of the opposition. And the criticisms that we may, not may, that we will face. If you're going to stand up for the truth, you're going to be criticized. Big deal. Let them criticize you. So Paul warns. let me conclude. This is not just relevant for when he wrote it. It's relevant for now, even more so. Like I said, I quoted that, Second Thessalonians. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders, with all wicked deception for those who are perishing. In short, before the ungodly dictator, the one world political and religious system known as the Antichrist comes, there's going to be a great apostasy meaning a falling away from the fundamental biblical belief system that is taught and preached in churches like this, evangelical churches today. We're going to be even more in a minority than we are already. Therefore, it's time for the people to take note, take heed to the warnings that are in scriptures, Be forewarned, and continue to remain faithful to God's word and to his Son, Jesus Christ, who called us out of darkness into his glorious light. We are living in the last days, and Paul warns us to do what in verse 13? We pray that so that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in and that you in him according to the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. With this in mind, I constantly pray for you. Remain faithful, continue to do what God has told us to do. And let's remember that all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Let's remember that those who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, so don't be surprised when you are. While evil men and imposters go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's happening now. Well, what are we to do in the meantime? As for you, continuing in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you have learned it and there's no greater teacher than the holy spirit who inspired his prophets to write down his thoughts and not theirs amen? amen so let's close in a word of prayer heavenly father i thank you so much for your word that is true we believe every word of it Because it's spiritually discerned, and we can't understand it unless we have received the Spirit of God. And we thank you that we have, through receiving God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, as our personal Saviour, simply by believing faith in what he did on our behalf that we couldn't do for ourselves it's not by works of righteousness that we have done but because of our faith in what jesus has already done on the cross thank you dear lord that you were willing to pay that ultimate sacrifice for us so we couldn't we wouldn't be uh, condemned or punished for the sins that we have committed do commit and will commit that we have been forgiven by your grace your mercy your compassion and we thank you dear lord that your sacrifice was not in vain help us to stand fast be aware of what's going on in the world that things are going to get a lot worse until uh, you take us out of this world if, and in the meantime help us to be the witness that you want us to be to uh, be brave and uh, to share our faith with those who are willing to listen and uh, hope and pray that they too would come to know christ as their personal savior because uh, you're not willing that any should perish but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth thy word is truth help us to stand upon it and not falter and uh, give us the strength to do that each and every day, to do your will and not the will of the evil one who seeks to destroy us. I'd like to address those of you that are listening, watching, you've never received Jesus as your personal saviour. It's really simple faith, believing in what Jesus did on the cross. You, you must acknowledge that you're a sinner, that you have sinned. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, and that's the bad news. But there's good news. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. And if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and that God has raised him from the dead, and you confess that with your mouth, and you call upon the name of the Lord to save you, then he will. And get into a church where they preach and teach the gospel, that they teach and preach and believe the word of God and uh, grow in your faith and in the knowledge of the Lord. And I hope and pray that you do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in and uh, give us a, a big thumbs up and subscribe to First Baptist Church in Coleraine. God bless you all. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine. For Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m., we are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.